See, I'm not going to sing the beginning. I think you should have sung the beginning. I don't want to sing. Why not? Because I can't. Your conceit is I'm that I'm shy. You yeah, but your conceit is that you can't sing. But isn't adorable when I'm shy? But no. But I have heard you sing when you think that nobody's listening. How have you done that? You live 300 miles away from me. No, no. When you think that With nobody. Your spy camera. No. Uh, in a previous podcast. Oh. You sang something just as in a <laughs> During throwaway way. During the podcast, I thought no one was listening. <laughs> no, but they weren't listening to your singing. You were just illustrating oh, something in a kind of throwaway bar or something. Perhaps that's what I need. Perhaps that's the only way I can do it. Is if I'm, if I, and you were in tune. That's the thing because you always claim that you. Oh, I can't be. in I tune. I don't know. How, I don't know what is in tune and what isn't. That's my problem. I can't tell if I'm in tune. Okay, sing Mary Had I'm a Little Lamb. I'm not going to sing. Sing Mary so Had a Little should, Lamb. We haven't said what the topic isn't for this week's rum doings. This week's rum doings is very important. Mm-hmm. And the topic isn't. Topic isn't. Uh, what can we do to fix broken Britain? That's what you have to say. You have to say it like that. Broken Britain. <laughs> broken. What's the most broken bit of Britain? Nick? Um, I think the most broken bit of Britain is yeah. Torquay. 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 Talkie, oh, that's not talking. Talkie. Like, there are people who are... Talking, what, the talkie in the cinema. <laughs> I don't like silent films, I like talkies. I much preferred it when all films are silent. Yeah. That's but, much better. Then you could do your own narration. Well, I still I still make silent films. You you watch some when we That's were, true, yeah. I did watch some of your silent films. Not as good as your, um, your grandfather-in-law. <laughs> his Flea Circus. Yes, that was a worrying Super 8 film of my grandfather-in-law now dead who um filmed with his super 8 camera 20 minutes or so worth of it wasn't fleas with caterpillars in a circus uh, being tortured into performing uh, before his macro lens and then being put inside a jar with a live spider spider uh, and the spider yeah and the spider basically impaled them slowly in its jabbed leg and the um, and and this was all close up and awful. Mm-hmm. And when I think about it, the the man wasn't rich, uh, and his wife had, he'd had a stroke, and his wife had to work as a cleaner, uh, and and then a factory and various other things. Right. So he would spend money on super on the Super Eight camera, which yeah. is very expensive, and then Super Eight film, which at the time you know just for for three and a half minutes was you know probably about ten pounds at the time in those prices. Mm-hmm. It still costs that, that now. Four point three yeah. million pounds today. And, and, and to create a twenty-minute thing would have required five or six reels of it. Uh, <laughs> and then at the end, of the, uh, have you filmed your uh, grandchildren or your <laughs> <Yeah>. wife? <laughs> no, I filmed some gross a, caterpillar a spider bomb. torturing a snuff caterpillar <laughs> snuff movie. Oh dear me! You don't know the caterpillar audience that would get though. No, it's true. If only there had been an internet for him to have uploaded it. Exactly. Maybe I will upload it. I'll I'll tell Isinia to upload it to YouTube and be arrested. Oh my goodness! It would just be the the comment. Can you imagine the comments? Well, there are. I thought we went to call it YouTube, by the way. Oh, the YouTube. The YouTube. Uploaded to the YouTube. Yes. There is. I mean, there's also a film of um, my wife and her family. Uh, when, she, when when they were young, between the ages of, say, three and 11, all naked in a pool, in, oh, a, yes. in, a, in, a, in a blow-up pool, running around the garden and that kind of thing. And I thought, and there was some, they said, oh, we should upload that to Facebook, uh, you know, just to show the relatives. No, actually, no, we can't do yes. that, because that would be considered child porn. I'm going to do a, I'm going to do a joke now. Go on, then. I've seen your wife naked. And in the video... 
I'm, I'm implying that I had an affair with your Did wife. Do you know why you screwed that up? Uh, I don't know how. It wasn't in a video. We were projecting it directly with the film projector. So it was in the film. It wasn't a video. Oh. So you just, you broke it. Oh, man. Just said, and in the film. Oh, then it would have been late. fine. I can edit it in. I'll edit it in. You so can never go seamless. back in time. Yes. It'll be perfect. Yeah, you'll just rewind the tape since we're being all analog. You'll rewind the tape and press play and record over that bit. What's important is that I implied sexual impropriety by your wife and that therefore equals humour. Well, well, you were you were sexually improprietous with her before I was. <laughs> I can't believe you would bring this up. <laughs> well, you were, but we won't talk any more about that, don't I? <laughs> I would like to say, to defend you my... You can say own, anything you to want. To defend I Victoria's honour, yeah. that it was not sexual impropriety. Well, it depends how you do... Yeah, no, okay, but you put it on a, put us on a spectrum and it, okay. would, it would at least be a ZX81. <laughs> <laughs> It's very sordid, actually, thinking about it. I would love to tell the story of you and Victoria on the podcast. You're not allowed to. You you won't let me, will you? No. It's a beautiful and romantic story. It's an odd story. It's a story of the ages. It is a story of the ages. It's a story of ICQ, actually. (laughs) It is a story. It's a story of the internet when it was a baby and... Mm. Oh, such a beautiful story with such a happy ending. You're about to have a baby and you're married and... Who'd have thunk it? I like what you did there, the way you said the wrong vowel sound. That was good. <laughs> yeah, I got, I, I, I got the... Because uh, you pre- meant to say think, but you said thunk. I, I, I got the perfect past tense massively wrong, and That's... therefore it was and funny. From thence the humour arose. <laughs> yes. Uh, it's, it's Captain Nobby's... Sailor Jerry. Sailor Jerry's rum again. It is. Week. It's making you silly, as it was as it did last time. It's got that vanilla-y nonsense about it. Is it is kind of... Both disgusting and delicious at the same time. It's in equal parts. That really should be their slogan. <laughs> Both disgusting and delicious at the same time. Deliciously disgusting. You'll just love and hate it. <laughs> yes. It's like, yeah, that'd be great. That'd be much better. Now, I feel that what the nation, and by the nation I mean the planet, <laughs> yes. is, is wanting to hear from us this week, yeah. is the results of our experiments. Yes. Uh, where you... Uh, we first, well, I think I should remind people in case they missed the last episode or in mm. case they've forgotten in the two weeks that have passed. Yeah. Uh, that uh, first of all, you were going to test women, to all women, all three and a half billion women, yeah. to find out if uh, shushing them mm. uh, to hear something on the radio made them angry. Yes. And then I, after the shushing, was mm. going to test to see whether they still, uh, whether they would prefer to have their problems listened to or solved. Yes. And then we would learn if all women were the same. Well, I went through all of them. Mm-hmm. I, I gave them, a, in order to uh, fulfil the experiment in the time required, I gave each uh, candidate 20 milliseconds. Okay. <laughs> um, there was 10 milliseconds of radio broadcast, uh-huh. a 5 millisecond shush. Shushing. And then... Uh, Can you simulate the 5 millisecond shush for us on the, on the podcast? Yes. Are you ready? Yep. There we Excellent, go. Excellent, that was really good. And uh, and then the the rest of the five milliseconds were used to measure their response. Now, obviously, it's a bit difficult to measure response objectively. Uh, so the criteria we used were if the woman had a sad face <laughs> a at that sad point, face. Yes. Uh, at that five millisecond point, then we considered the experiment to show that she was upset mm-hmm. by the shushing. Yes. If she had a neutral... Now, this is the controversial bit. Mm-hmm. If she had a neutral face, we discounted her from the data because it means she didn't have time to react. And if she had a happy face, then obviously... We shot we her as a witch. Yes. Yes. So the point was, did, did the face change from something else to a sad face? If that were the case, we considered that statistically significant. Otherwise, we didn't. Yes, that's true. 
Whereas I took a lot longer over mine. Yes. And did all three and a half billion and gave them each 20 minutes. Right. Um, to talk about... Uh, Sorry, there, there, there's a cat here. <laughs> yes. See, I'm not allowed to mention my no, cat in my house. No, this cat is actually making we're a noise and is now... We're in Nick's house. We're allowed to talk Breathing about right into the microphone, yes. Only because you're encouraging her to. Not really. Carry on, anyway. Um, and, she's not here. And so what, did you, what, were, your, what were your findings? Um, my findings, as with most scientific uh, data, were, were, were inconclusive. Oh, that's disappointing. <laughs> yes. Whereas I found out that all women are exactly the same. Except for the ones in Latvia. Well, I was going to ask you, that. the one thing I was really interested to find out was how did the women from the uh, remote tribes who've never encountered a radio before, was mm-hmm. there a difference in their reactions or were they exactly as predicted? Um, no, because the uh, women in the remote tribes, we'd used an excerpt from Women's Hour. Oh, yes. And their heads exploded. Well, I was going to say, if you're playing Women's Hour, surely they'll be doing the shushing so they can hear the details of how to make <laughs> well, the yes, that, Well, yes, that was a mistake. Before a long story about a lady who got raped. Yes, that was a mistake. Yes. So we, we had to, again, discount them from our data. We had to switch it back over to trailers for cabin pressure. Yes. <laughs> Essential. So all in all, the... the science, science has been further, taken a great step forward, well, I think it's safe to all, say. But, but between the two of us, I think we spent, was it 12.6 billion? Mm-hmm. on the experiment mm-hmm. and we included 325,000 people across the world in partaking of this ex- in actually running the experiment that's true so we have created jobs in a global yes. downturn yeah so all in all i think it was a worthwhile uh, attempt now you're too modest to say this but i'm not that yeah. uh, we are very likely for the nobel prize the Nobel Prize, but not the, the Nobel Prize. No, sadly. the Nobel Prize. The <laughs> prize for sheer nobility. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, it was created by Albert Noble. That's right, he was a very modest chap. Yes, um, he invented the sparkler. And he got, right. Yeah, and he felt, yeah, and he, felt uh, <laughs> he felt slightly upset by the children who hurt their fingers when they touched mm-hmm. the uh, orange white hot bit. Yeah. So uh, his guilt led him to give the Nobel Prize. Do you know who the first pence. the first winner of the Nobel the Nobel Prize was? Ross Nobel. It was the no. Don't be so silly. He was, it was his grandson. Uh, the, it was the inventor of the cap of the hat doff. Oh right. So when one doffs one's cap or hat, mm-hmm. that was the first. Uh, that was but, Simon Doff. Yes, but invented what, that. It was the first winner of the hundred pence prize. <laughs> was it? Yes. Oh, well, I, I thought I thought it must be, but uh, isn't that really? Um, isn't that really just a descendant of the forelock tug? Oh well, if you want to be controversial about it, I mean, well, there's no point. Didn't in going he just back. plagiarize the forelock tug? I can't believe this is with an artificial argu- head. I sheet. can't believe we're having this argument again. Again, it's coming around every, and around. Every bloody podcast every we talk week. about the forelock tug and the hat doff. <laughs> yes. Let's be honest; the word doff is a lot better than tug. Yes. So, which word do you like least? Moist or used? Used. That's interesting. Because moist, actually, if you think a moist chocolate cake is mm-hmm. fine. Or oh, the chicken was nice and moist, it wasn't dry or unpleasant. Sure. Um, okay, well, when do you not like to you? Actually, back to you. When is moist horrible? Again, you're being anti-women. <laughs> How dare you? When do you not like moist? And what's wrong with the, that anyway? <laughs> it's like Stephen Fry, because he just doesn't like ladies, because he prefers gentlemen, so he doesn't like the word moist. <laughs> anything to do yes it was with a moist lady tell me gar- what's wrong with moist with a moist lady garden what's, what's wrong with moist <laughs> what's my suggestion well what was your suggestion there's there? something intrinsically sticky about the word this moist. was your gynophobic I'm not gynophobic I think I'm moist gynophilic. is good 
Moist is good. Believe moist, me, moist, moist is good. Moist is good. Moist is sehr good. <laughs> it is. No. Pretend I never asked this question. <laughs> yes. Used. This has been a very silly podcast so far. Used. Used. Exactly. There's nothing used. Used. No, used car. Yeah, that's true. That's a, that's a bad phrase. Yes. You, someone who used you in a relationship. Yes, I feel good. used. Mm-hmm. That item was used. No, it never worked. Uh, it's actually a generally unpleasant term. You never would want something because it were used. Do you know what I don't like is the word used. I used to be so happy. Yeah. It's a horrible word, used. <laughs> it's an odd word as well, because I, I, I use that as an example of things we take for granted in English. Mm-hmm. Where if you suddenly become conscious of it and have to explain it to a non-native speaker. Oh, yeah. Because um, there are things, when I learn other languages, there are things that annoy me about other languages which just seem idiomatically arbitrary. Yeah. And then you sort of think, well, if only, you know, English is so sensible. But actually, no, there's... English, oh, is, English full is, is full of those. It's full of those as well, like used to. What, what, what does that actually mean? <sighs> I used to go. I just say I went. I formally mm, went. Not quite. Because it's the it's the imperfect past. Many other languages. Previously, goed. I, I I was going or used to go. You see, other languages <laughs> other languages have a specific tense for I was. Right. I was going or I used to go or that kind of thing. Um, whereas English, we have to fudge it a bit. So I used to go. Mm. I also don't like the fact that develop doesn't have an e on the end. Why? Because it really ought. Why? Because it just feels like it needs one. That OP but then could be e on the end. But then it could be Develope. Develope. And how much better would that be? Yes. And then also, also, while we're discussing this, these matters of great importance, it's... Uh, yeah, you spoiled that. What? You should have said matters of great import. I should have, shouldn't I? I'm sorry. <sighs> I should start again. Yes. Um, <laughs> Welcome to the Robin <laughs> Podcast. Today we're discussing... What are we not discussing? We're not discussing how to fix broken Britain. Yes, clearly. Yeah, broken British. That's what we're discussing <laughs> how to fix. Yeah. Um, the, yes, the other one is uh, controversy. It is controversy. It is not controversy. controversy because we're not, it sounds like it's, it's from the deepest oh. of the Welsh, most Welsh valleys. I'm going to controversy. Oh, it's the controversy. Racist. I have nothing the Welsh speak delightfully, but it, controversy is, is so much more fun to say. It's like a ba 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 controversy. Controversy. I don't like controversy. Contro- it sounds like a ball falling down some stairs. It's horrible. <laughs> controversy. I don't like it. See, it said in a Welsh accent, it sounds beautiful, but said in an English accent, it's horrid. Um, let me think. Uh, controversy. No, it should be controversy. Co- it should be controversy. No, it shouldn't. It's controversy. No, because it's it's it 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 it's the opposite. <laughs> See this for the next it's forty the, minutes. It's the opposite of versy. So it's not versy, it's controversy. Uh, the BBC have taken on controversy as well. Oh, it's so silly. Yeah. I don't like it. No, I, suppose I be- always, every single time they say, on the news they say, and there's been some controversy, I always go, controversy! Really? Yeah, so is it, is it shout at them. contraindication? Or is it contraindication? No one has ever said contraindication out loud before until today. <laughs> it's not really a matter of much importance. <laughs> Yeah, oh. Oh, I know, I teased you there. Where, where's your... You put your Sailor Nobby down, haven't you? I finished my Sailor Jerry. Are you going to have some more? No. Why not? Because it's making me silly. It's making us both quite silly, actually. It's, it's, this is definitely the silliest rum. It is by far the silliest of the rums. It's also... I, I, I don't think I like it very much. No. My review. The rum doings... Re, uh, rum review. <laughs> don't get Sailor Nobby's rum. Um, what else do we say? What else, what else is it? Of, of great importance, Nick. <laughs> Um, I don't like the I don't like the word or concept artist. 
Oh, really? That's interesting. Tell me why. Um, because when I hear somebody like Prince go on about the rights of artists and how important artists are, I say, how dare you? I see. Well, when is the, con- when is the term correctly applied? I don't think it is, because it suggests that there is a divide in humanity between those who are artists and those who are consumers. Mm-hmm. Whereas I think everybody has the artistic impulse, and everybody is able Surely to be... Surely should be consumers, by the way, yeah. and your ridiculous <laughs> rules. And, and, and so I think that uh, one could say that one is better at certain things than certain other people, so okay. certain craftsmen is better. But to have the arrogance to suggest that I am an artist, and artist. you are the audience. is is a is highly distasteful to me. What if you are an artist? Like your job is to paint pictures. No, no, no. I, I'm getting e prime about that. You what aren't is... an anything. So what is the? Jo- I'd okay. say I paint pictures. I am for an, a living. I am an writer. No, I write. No, you're not. Okay. You write for a living, if you can call it that. <laughs> what writing or living? Which is the word you're contending? You can choose. Either. You can have an ambiguity, whichever you find I'll, more offensive. Which more offensive? I'll pick writing. It's okay. More offensive. Um, but so, so what you're actually against is job titles. You just want no laborious descriptions. No, no, instead. no, 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 no. So because, someone who because it's, it's taking yeah, airs. Because you're saying it's what leads to these people who then think that they have a, an entitlement for the copyright stipend that they get. Well, I'm an artist, so I deserve the money I get per. Every time somebody listens to my tune, but isn't that doesn't seem it's like it's fair You're not on an somebody. artist. You have written a tune, but so okay. But if I'm a, if I study biology or practice biology, I am a biologist. Are you going to take that away from me? I think I will. Okay, that seems fair then. If you're going to blanket apply this madness, I will. But there is something specifically annoying about artists because of the the arrogant separation that it allows one to attain. Because what are you saying when you say I am an artist? If you say, you know, we're, we're I, artists and we should uh, have the money rather than the middlemen. What are you well, saying? I, okay, I'm in the, I would understand the word artist. I mean, it's one who creates art, as in a biologist is one who performs... Name somebody biology. who isn't an artist. Well, someone who doesn't make their living from creating art. Oh, so it's all living, is it? Yes, it's a job title. Right, so when these people talk about artists to sort of show how elevated they are and beyond mere commerce... You're saying that, in fact, they're saying, we make our money by making art and therefore we're beyond commerce. You say, no, it doesn't work. Saying... It's not what they're saying, is it? They're no. saying, what they're actually saying is, we are somehow elevated above the rest of humanity. We are modern bards. We are, we are the druids think... of society. No, I think people who... Bow mis... down before us, for we produce art. I think people who misappropriate the word artist... Like Prince. Doing that. Sure, but... Uh, if Leonardo da Vinci were to say to me, I am an artist, I wouldn't say, oh, you sneaky old bastard. No, I don't think Leonardo da Vinci would have said that. That's the point. I think he, would have, were... said, he would have said, I'm interested in anatomy. I draw anatomical uh, uh, pictures. I've created this helicopter thing. I, I enjoy digging people up and looking inside them. I have theories about the way frogs hop. Oh, I should have I, picked I, someone other than Leonardo I da Vinci. I create sculpture and so on. And you say, what, are you an artist? I say, well, what the hell are you talking about? What, what do you mean, artist? What are you talking about? <laughs> would you? I, I do all sorts of, I do all those sorts of things. Because <laughs> he would have said it. Because he also made ice cream. <laughs> the ice cream. I make, I the make. spaghetti. Exactly, I make art, I make ice cream, I make a spaghetti. That's how all Italian people I do. make a picture of ugly woman who everybody thinks is best picture in the world for some reason. <laughs> it is. 
That is weird, isn't it? The eulogy the, of the eulogising of the Mona Lisa. A quite boring picture of a quite Meh. boring lady. Mona Lisa. Ooh, but it might hide a self-portrait underneath. How exciting? No, it's still boring. Mm. Still boring. The Mona Lisa isn't that good, is it? No, really? it's not. It, well, it's fine. I mean, it's fine. I couldn't do better. <laughs> but it's it's just not particularly But it's not the best of his work either. I mean, Leonardo no. da Vinci's done so many other better things than... Uh, the Mona Lisa. Now, since we're slagging off uh, art worth billions of pounds, let's talk about Van Gogh for a bit, shall we? Yeah. Because, boy, was he bad. No, Have no. you been to see the sunflowers? No, you're being unfair. They're, they're, it's boring. No. It's such a mediocre painting of some marigolds. They're not even sunflowers. <laughs> you, you, you're being unfair. He was revolutionary for his time. Think about what uh. was painted at that time, and then think about what he came out with. A wicker chair it, and you know, some plants. but the, the 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 worlds with which he painted the world were revolutionary and led to pretty much all the movements of art that we've seen in the twentieth and well, I won't say the twenty first century because there is no art in the twenty first century. <laughs> wow, no art at all. No, I I I don't think there is any figurative art in the twenty first century worth speaking of. It's all bad puns and things like that. Tracy Emin. Oh, no, I think Tracy Emin is good. I'm sure we've had meh. this discussion before. We I think she's good. Have. I think she's clearly she's just written herself off with her. And we have to pay tax. Mm. Nonsense. Yeah. She's going to leave the goodbye. See you. Good luck. Thanks very no, much. No, no, no. I, I think art died when the when film and photography was born. What about? I do. I know. I know. It sounds almost like I'd say, but I do think so because I think art required that part of its job. Was mundane. Okay, well, recording, the... recording things, and that was its job. Its job was to record faces and people mm-hmm. and places and events. And when it lost that job, it sort of started drinking too much and smelling and <laughs> and, and feeling insecure and well, shouting at people. And generally, Andre, Andre Bazin, who invented the inventor of film theory, he argued that um, that painting and art in that form was our is our attempt to be creators, like to be creator gods. Yes. So we try to emulate our our, our, our own creation by creating. Yes. And so it's an attempt to be godlike. Well, especially, especially sculpture. And then he went on to say that film was this next stage of that. So it would it's kind of we moved on from trying to capture, trying to be god with art and, and with painting, and moved on to to film, and yes. then eventually color film. And then if he had lived long enough, he would presumably identify three D film and. And so yes. on, these, these greater, greater and greater attempts. Well, especially to... CGI, particularly. You have a complete. Because with CGI, we're not we don't capture, we actually create from scratch. Yes, I mean, CGI one of the, one of the most secret. exciting things I saw years ago, uh, Titan Quest is a PC game that came out a few years ago. And I went oh, to God, visit. Back to your bloody TV I'm games. always going on about the Manta on this about podcast. About your TV games. Yes. Always what about on your, about your little bunch of pixels then, Carrie? Yeah. <laughs> Titan Quest. So I went to see Iron Law, who were making this game, and I spoke to their. They were they were talking about. They didn't do it in the end, but they were talking about packing the Iron game. Bore more like that's very clever. Well done, yeah. Rory Bremner. Um, oh, I'm John Majors. <laughs> that's very good. Yeah. Um, <laughs> why don't we just do all of the inherence for? <laughs> no. Anyway, yes, you were saying. Um, so I went to see, and they had they were going to come and put it with a level creator where you could create your own um, environments to play in in the mm-hmm. game. And the way it worked was, and he showed me how the level creator worked. The first thing you did, you started with a big blank of sea, mm-hmm. just the sea stretching off into infinity. And then you could paint land onto it. So you could, by just using the mouse, you painted on oh, green, right, yes. green land. And then the next thing you added was vegetation and, mm-hmm. and, and plants and so on. And then you add, would add um, animals. You could add like deer and fish and things. And then finally you would put a player character into this world. 
and I sat there watching and this is that's that's Genesis. Mm-hmm. That's exactly replicating it's the order of the Christian um creation myth. And and it's this I just this is it, this is the next danger. Well the Jewish creation myth, you plagiarized it. That's true, sorry. Yeah. Um this is this is without what... paying any royalties. <laughs> I know. No wonder Shylock was cross. <laughs> this, this is um this is uh, this is the next stage of Bazan's theory. This is where it comes to. This is you know, this is so this is such creation. It's bizarre. Um, mm. And and uh, yes, well, I, I suspect that that's what drives many directors. Mm-hmm. That feeling that they are they are gods over what you see on the screen. Yeah. Um, but thinking about that, I mean, I enjoy watching films and I enjoy television programs and the imagination that that reveals in it. But actually, I'm not really moved, and I'm moved by music, obviously. Mm-hmm. But I'm not really moved by figurative or indeed even allegorical fine art. I can be impressed with the technical achievement of it, yeah, and I can be amused by the idea of it, and sometimes I can even be thoughtful about the point it's making, but it never kicks me in the solar plexus like a a, a, a rum tune can. No, that's true. I, I'm trying to think of a counter to that, and I can't think of any particular piece. I mean, I love. There's nothing. There's there's nothing quite like seeing a, a Jackson Pollock in at full scale, full size in a in a gallery because mm. there's something just so extraordinarily huge about it and and yes. so alive and vibrant and, and but and the Grand Canyon is always going to be better yeah, of, of course and, and I don't think I'm, I'm, I've never stood in front of a Jackson Pollock and burst into tears and also okay but a grand, that's almost fatuous saying a Grand Canyon is almost going to be better but what about say an IMAX film that size where it, you've got some CGI animation on IMAX in th- IMAX 3D. It does nothing for me. I can't see in 3D, so it does nothing for me. Oh, uh, you're a 2D boy. Yeah, my eye, my left eye won't. I've, I've, this, I've, this is very exciting. I love this. I found this out from an optician recently. Um, I have my left eye is, has, a, has a stigmatism, which mm. I always thought was a stigmatism until I very recently learned that that's not what the word is. Um, that's what happens when you don't learn Latin or Greek. Exactly, it's awful. The classics were missed out of my education. Mm. Um, but so having a sti- I have a stigmatism in my left eye which means uh, that my, when I was very, very young, my brain uh, just overrode, just went, well, the left eye's lying. Mm. So there's not much point in taking any notice of what it's saying. I'll take, in, I'll take in the basic information it offers, but I'll do all the details with the right eye because I can trust mm. that one. And so, and the optician proved this to me by showing, covering each of my eyes. She showed, she covered my right eye mm. and showed me these two little lights that would appear mm. on the wall. And then she covered my, and then she uncovered my right eye, left my left eye sit, uh, open, and the dots disappeared. Right, and uh, th- that's it. My brain just went. Can't trust the information from the left eye. Assume okay, it's not so, true. so you can't see three. So three D is useless. But let's to me. say uh, just a big IMAX screen, sure, bigger than any Jackson Pollock with an amazing CGI. Okay. Why is that no less impressive well, than, something than, than some paint pissed onto a big <laughs> canvas? There's mm. something bizarre about IMAX and just any cinema screen is very, very quickly within the first thirty seconds of watching it, you reduce it to the size of a TV screen yeah. in your brain, don't you? Yes. And then when it's the same when you're watching something on a small television, it may as well be an IMAX theatre yeah. after thirty seconds. Uh, I, I mean, the, the the point I'm making, I guess, is that however hard art tries to be profound or impressive, I will always find something either in popular culture or right. in everyday world or in the natural world or in one's experience that will be more affective and affecting. Uh, I'll give you an example. Mm-hmm. Um, art's most powerful motif is the fleetingness of life. You know, in the midst of mundanity, death can always appear. Yes. That's, that's one of the oldest, most important motifs of art. Mm-hmm. 
And yet the other day I was driving with Victoria to visit my brother in Cambridge. And on the side of the road there was a curry house. Yeah. We were in a bit of a traffic jam and there was a car park outside the curry house. Uh, and I remember it was called the Curry Leaf or something like that. And there were several ambulances there. And there was a very pale, uh, slightly plump man lying on his back in the car park with the paramedics pummeling his stomach and chest, right. obviously trying to revive him because he was dead. Mm-hmm. And I thought, well, there's no particular artist, you know, the mundanity of the car park with these professionals in their green suits mm-hmm. with the with the with a curry house behind him and just this perfectly boring looking man who's probably enjoying a curry just moments before. Yeah. I thought there's no particular artistic statement that I can put it better than that than what, what we were watching through the car as we drove past. Right. And at that point I begin to wonder, is it art seems to always be trying to catch up the reality of nuministic experience, I think. I wonder whether the, the counter to that is when you're involved. I think I had a great moment in the Chicago Museum of Modern Art where um, I'd been there before, and so I knew there was a particular exhibit, um, and I can't remember who it's by, unfortunately, but it's a it's a pile of what we call boiled sweets, and they call candy, mm-hmm. um, on the floor in the corner of this room, and they're lit from underneath, so they look almost like treasure, mm-hmm. these yellow golden boiled sweets. And uh, and the, it, the piece is dedicated to a friend of the artist who died of AIDS, and the idea is that you go up and you take one of them. You may not like the piece, however... Eight, 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 eight. You will recognise the reference, but carry on. Anyway, um, the, uh, as I was walking through there the second time, um, this kid, uh, this little kid was saying to his mum, uh, Mummy, Mummy, can I have some candy? Can I have some candy? And she went, no, God, God don't, don't touch it. And she panicked. Like, it's AIDS candy. No, 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 it's art candy. That's why she was panicking. It's art candy. You can't touch it. Don't touch it. God's sake, don't touch it. And I said, having no, no, knowing what it was and how it was meant to work, that they replenish the, the sweets every day. I said, no, 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 they, the whole point is to take from it and to take a, piece, take a sweet. And, I got, and it became such a more, such more significant piece of art to me because I had this moment where not only I made this kid happy because they got to have a sweet, but I also I got to be a part of it and make it work and make it come alive in this way. And that, that meant a lot. But that, you see, that was that, an interesting and emotional experience. You see, experience. that's what pisses me off about art. Oh, yeah, well, uh, yeah. It, ghetto- yes. it ghettoizes those experiences. We oh, should be okay. having those sorts of experiences every day as part of our general life. You, you are only licensed to interact with that child in a natural way because of part of an art museum. Right. Uh, whereas if you'd have actually been in a supermarket and have a sweetie, <laughs> yes. you know, it would have been considered, you know, you would have been invited to have a cream tea. Slightly more point. sinister, yeah. yes. And, and that's what I find almost sad that we require art to allow us to have our moments of profundity or our moments of social interaction. Sure. I don't like I'm that. I'm not sure if that's true. I, I prefer it to be in the warp and weft of experience. I think to to um, ghettoize out art into a gallery. I know it's almost mundane to say it, but I, I mean it beyond the mundanity. I think art should either be an intrinsically woven part of every single moment that you have of your civic existence, or frankly, it can piss off. I, that, that's my opinion. Uh, the, the art that moves me the most is, is street art, graffiti. That's, yes, good graffiti. Good graffiti. And or just... a good busker's performance or something yeah. like that. But even beyond that, if somebody happens to be walking down the street, I'd like somebody to be walking down the street and just humming something interesting, you know, that kind of thing. I just want to see people doing the creative things right. that they normally do. I mean, that's why uh, I suppose a good bit of graffiti with a good answer to it is always nice. Oh, yes. 
you know, because then you think there's some some sort of example of creativity going on there, which there's is a, enjoyable. I can't remember if he's Spanish or Italian. I've suddenly forgotten this moment. But Racist. people should look. I know people should look up. They're all the um, same. <laughs> That's, that's, that's Greasy Dago Wops, whatever For, the one. Foreign. Yeah. All foreign. Um, Spy, his name is. Uh, big S, little P, big Y. And he's a graffiti artist and is absolute exception. Everyone should go and check out his website and just some, look at some of the stuff he's doing. It's phenomenal. And extremely moving in many cases. Hmm. Really cool stuff. And I thought what were you going to say? what you were going to say then about art was uh, reflecting back to the time that you and I went to the Tate Modern. Well, yes. And no, I agree with that as well. our fury that we couldn't interact with so much of it. Well, yes. So much just looked so tactile and yes. interesting to change. And yes. The, and the, no, no, the, the creator put it in the this position. Put it the creator. In. God made it this way and it must not be tampered sh- with. Also, when I go into an art gallery, I make sure I'm very loud and opinionated <laughs> as well, which always pisses people <laughs> That's obviously a piece of rubbish, well, but that's good. Would you remember before we went into the Tate Modern, it, was just, it had just opened, and yeah. we said and we said to each other, "Will we know what's good and bad? Is this yeah. going to be too difficult for us?" Yes. And then we got in. No, it's easy. That's crap. That's good. That's yeah, crap. Exactly. That's good. It that's was quite easy. interesting. That's a bit banal. That's yes. good. And, and yeah. you knew within seconds which was acceptable or not. But the piano descending from the ceiling is a beautiful and awesome thing. Yes. And there's no question about that. But yeah, we've seen a black canvas before. Sorry, you're going to have to yeah. try a bit. Yeah, that's right. That. Yes. Next. Uh, so it's actually quite easy to tell what's good and bad. But it was it was the things the the wooden sculptures on the floor made of many many parts, and you're thinking, well, wouldn't it be fun if I were allowed to touch that? And and then the art surely is a, is able to accommodate my interaction. Yeah, no, but there was some um, that we went to the uh, the gallery in uh, Bilbao, the very famous art gallery designed by. Daniel Leapskind, I think, or the other one, the other star architect with the, <laughs> the metal, weird metal swirly bits, okay. and and um, I think the Guggenheim, the Guggenheim in Bilbao in Spain, and there were lots of very obviously tactile pieces there, like right. weird railings that are all wrong proportions and things like, obviously begging to be touching, and that each room had a dragon in it, and as soon as you got touched, <laughs> the dragon was like, no, and you weren't allowed to go anywhere near it, and I thought that's lovely and involving, but I think that that's another that is a problem with art, and that it it deifies the vision of one man. Mm, well, that's, yes. that, and that's just capitalism. That's the product mm-hmm. of... It's, again, death of the author nonsense. Yes. And that's my problem with people, going back to the beginning, people who call themselves artists, because then they start to think mm-hmm. that they control their creations and their creations are all that are important, whereas their creations are nothing without people's reactions to Absolutely, them. Absolutely, yes. Their creations in a vacuum are nothing. They're just atoms, yeah, in, yeah. atoms in, a, in another configuration. Yeah. Who gives a toss? And... So that's why I got very angry. And particularly, I heard about Damien Hirst recently. Oh, you heard man. about that story? Well, yes, of course. And the, the 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 boy who had created a piece of artwork which quoted from Damien Hirst he himself used his, uh, his skull of made of yeah. diamonds, which itself was a vulgar and oh, ridiculous item, grotesque. which itself was quoting from so many other items mm-hmm. uh, of memento mori, as we talked about earlier, but in a very sort of plodding way. Oh yes, because you got diamonds which represent a very shallow notion of value mm-hmm. and wealth, and then you've got the skull which shows that death is all. Plodding rubbish as usual, <laughs> and and so I think the, uh, the the this kid quoted quite wittily from that if I remember mm-hmm. it uh, made a far better statement of artistic intent than Hurst has ever made. Yeah, and of course, what happened next? Hurst uh, attempted to. Oh, we told him he had to have his art withdrawn or sued him. Sued or... him and wanted every wanted all copies of oh, it destroyed, right, destroyed etc. Yes. etc. So you heard what happened next. 
So as 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 a little protest, the 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 um, and we may may have mentioned this before, but I don't think we have. Even, if, even if we haven't, we should. The boy visited um, the banal the, dis- ke- the chemist, the, 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 the yeah, basically pharmacy, whatever it's called, yeah. pharmacy, whatever it's called. Yeah, and there was because uh, we do you remember we walked through yeah, pharmacy. Yeah, the bowls of rotting honey on the floor. Uh, Oh, that's and, clever. And, and there was the uh, and, and in, as part of this exhibit, there's some coloured pencils. Yes, just normal cheap coloured pencils. And and the, the, the boy took them and held them ransom. Put up wanted notes. And put up wanted notes and said, posters. and then and then he sent a ransom note and said, uh, unless you, I can't remember, unless you do something particularly funny, I'm going to, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll send you back. I'll sharpen them. No, I'll send them. Yeah, I'll sharpen them. I'll send them back to you, broken in yeah. half or something. Which no, I find, he threatened to sharpen yeah, he threatened them. To sharpen them which I find far more witty oh, yes. than anything in, and also very interesting because, of course, what is the the value of those pencils? Because, of course, they could just get a replacement. Mm-hmm. For about uh, an ATP from a pound shop, sure. and put those pencils down. There. I don't think you get it for ATP from a pound shop, by their very nature, be you, a pound. You can. I think it's up to a pound. Certain oh, okay. shops. I know there are shops that are very strict, and they <laughs> only charge you a pound. Which, which amused We went to buy some decorations from a pound shop for the office one time. Mm-hmm. We knew very well that everything cost a pound. Yes. So we had a trolley full yes. of things. Oh, good. And it, beep, beep, <laughs> beep. Every single one dragged through the scanner. Why are you dragging this through the scanner? It's a pound shop. Everything costs a pound. Well, presumably so it deducts the stock from the... Yeah, but it was blah, just so blah, blah. tedious. Did you know? not do that thing I always wanted to do? And how much is this? Yeah. And how much is yeah, this? Yes, we did that. Good, I'm glad. I'm glad that you... Poor people. Yes. So anyway, this, so this kid... So you think if, if, if Damon Hurst were, were an artist and the way he said... He would have turned it into a bigger thing, you know. You know, he would have he would have replaced it with with, with crayons then, or, or just done something amusing That's or what I, the, participated. What I just don't understand. So, about what did the story. what did this witty, perspicacious man do instead, John? I believe that he uh, had him arrested and his father yes, as well. He got the police involved and said it's worth and said there's two hundred thousand pounds. <laughs> These. And the, and the thing is, farmers, he wasn't even built by David Hurst, it was built by his team of factory Well, all his, all his artists, and I don't necessarily, I, yeah. I find this peculiar, but I don't necessarily find it condemned, condemning, but he has all his artists created by his yeah, team. But it's notable. So it's, shark it's, it's in formaldehyde, yes. yes. Is, is he, has, he had an idea, oh, go, no I'll, I'll have a pickle shark, right, make it so. Yeah, which is, is odd. As an approach to art, you'd think that they were, you'd there want were, to have tactile connections yeah, with your creation. Yeah, the great masters always had people who would help to paint in the details of the backgrounds right. or whatever. Uh, but, yeah, you would hope that there, there has to be some sort you of... You'd hope they did the original sketching. Yeah, exactly. There had to be the something there. And, and I, I, but the, this man's reaction just shows you again that once you call your, calling yourself an artist is a statement of capitalistic intent and nothing right. more. So that's where I am. It's a... It's a it's an individualism which initially seems to be romantic with a capital R, but actually is merely just apportioning yourself in the uh, creator-producer hegemony. Would you agree that individualism is the greatest threat to humankind currently? It's it's a threat, but it's also important because the ego is an important driver as well. Sure. Ego drives us to do very important things. And I think if we weren't individualistic, I think we would be banal. And but in individualism, our ego drives. Well, what do you mean by individualism? No, I think that's too easy to say. I think individualism is very important. I think we, I think we can only be selfish. I, th- I, I see. Uh, that, that I have no time for this argument whatsoever. We can but only. Be, oh, you, don't any, start this nonsense. Any again. altruistic. This is, I can have a whole <laughs> podcast. How far are we into this now? Because this any, is going to take some five time. minutes. Left. Right. I can. I can. Any, so, I can sort you any out altruistic act can be argued to be selfish. I realize all this. altruistic acts are but every act is selfish where it is chosen. I, and I, I disagree. Well, you're wrong. What about self-sacrifice? 
you choose to sacrifice yourself mm-hmm. because so in order someone else can live is that self-sacrifice is that uh, yes is that selfish? because you make a calculation that you will feel better to no, you'll feel better you'll be you dead. will feel better to an, that moment at that moment you feel better thinking that you're annihilating yourself than you are living to uh, and causing the other person harm I'm. I am not sure if I am if sure because otherwise, be otherwise you wouldn't choose that. If you felt that it was worse all round, and it, you felt it was the worst choice, and it made you feel terrible, and that you shouldn't be doing it, you wouldn't do it. No, but if you're saying I will die instead of someone else, yes, is that not a, a, a selfless act? Is that no? Not... It's selfish. I can understand you can say it's selfish if you're saying if I don't die in this instance, I will spend the rest of my life regretting it and feeling miserable. At that, at that moment, the hormones swishing about inside you are telling you that you want to die and, to, and making you feel better about doing that than not. The end. There's <laughs> nothing more to be said about it. Sorry, Mr. S- I have a soul and Jesus loves me. Sorry, that's it. <laughs> oh, you've convinced me. Good. By shafting let's, it, let's, I changed let, my mind. Let's have no more of this nonsense. <laughs> no, I'm sorry, that nonsense is going to continue. One does not choose to do something that one does not wish to do. I'm not sure that's true. Give me an example, please. Um, I don't want to have this conversation with you again, and it's something I still am. If one does not choose to do something, that one does not want to do. Like, I've just sucked down a lot of rum into rum. my into lung, lungs, and yes. I didn't choose to do that, and I shan't do it again, that's a show. But I am going to take another sip, because it's awfully, terribly nice. It is, isn't it? It's disgusting mm. and delicious. Mm. It's well, just, well, you have made the claim. You've given me an example. I can't of think of an example now. I'm too tired. Give me any example in the world of something that you can do which you do not want to do, which you think you shouldn't do, which makes you feel worse about doing, but nevertheless you do it. Giving money away. Oh, come on now. That's the easy one. Giving money away makes you feel brilliant. It doesn't. I have less money to spend on stuff. No, you're, you're spending, spending money. money you're no, you're, you're spending money on stuff. That's what you're doing. You just have to be spending it on somebody else or on a charity or whatever. When you give money to charity, you feel very good about it. I genuinely don't. If you didn't, you wouldn't do it. I know. I feel it's necessary. I give money to Amnesty yes, International you, feel, because I think what they do is necessary. Yes, and you would feel very bad if you thought that Amnesty International weren't getting enough money, wouldn't you? You feel guilty as well. You think I could be giving Amnesty International some money, but then you, you then you, as you're falling asleep, you think I'm a good person. I <laughs> so give, that's what I, I do. I give Amnesty money. That's what they're, I lie in bed. I gave them a tiny bit of money again this month. They're going to make John Cleese tell more jokes at the secret policeman's ball, so I'm good. That's the only reason I give them money is because I so I can find out there's more secret policeman's balls that aren't available <laughs> for anyone to watch anymore. Good. That's that's my primary motivation. No, no, come on, charity is an obvious one. You, you, you. Feel good about giving oh, no, I to think charity. You can feel no, you good do. About no, you never. Oh, I hate giving money to charity, and it makes me feel sick every time <laughs> I do it. I throw up every time I do it. I there do. is no good thing about giving this money to charity at all. That's why I'm doing it. No, that's, right. no. that's why I give all my money to the Cream Teas and Pedophiles charity because there's nothing good about giving money to that charity. <laughs> That's my one <laughs> truly selfless act. So you'd prefer that paedophiles carried on the paedophilia? No, no, I don't want teas. No, the whole point is that they have the cream teas. Exactly. They? So that's a, not a selfless. Oh, you don't want paedophiles roaming around society without cream teas, do you? Because then they'll abuse children, and you'll feel guilty because you like children. You're right. You've proven me wrong. You like children. I, um, you like uh, I a child. Be. A pe- pedo is short for child, and file is is like like philosophy. So pedophilo. Mm-hmm. So you're a pedophile because you like children, and therefore you don't want them to be hurt. I can't. 
can't believe you just called me a paedophile using your fancy linguistics. I hope you, I, I hope you are a paedophile. Oh, just because if you're not, that means you don't like children. I hate all children. I hate all people. Yeah, um, that's my problem. Well, well, yeah, you'll know how to. How, how do you, if you hated children, what would you call yourself then? A, a pedo. Well, think about it. When you when you when you say somebody hates women, what do you say? A pedist. No, when you say someone hates. <laughs> When you say that, oh, mis- you say he's a misogynist, so, <laughs> I don't know, a pedogenist? A pedogenist? I don't know. <laughs> no, gyne is woman. So it must be a, a, a misopede. <laughs> I don't know my Greek, sorry. I don't, I <laughs> Quickly learn Greek. A misopede. A misopede. That's what we should call pedophiles as misopedes. Well, they should be, because they don't, clearly don't love, love children in the way that Jesus would use the word love. No, clearly not. So they're misopedes. Anyway, this is a horrible conversation I want to stop. I don't want to end on this. We must change subjects so we talk about something nice towards the end. What can we do about broken Britain? About broken Britain? What are you going to do about broken Britain in the next two weeks? I'm going to use the sellotape of I was of going Federation. to do a sellotape joke. Of, of European Federacy. I'm going to run around the country with a big roll of sellotape, just sellotaping it back together again. I'm li- going to do it literally. I'm, I'm not understanding this as a metaphor. I'm just uh, well, going to sellotape I'm, it back together. I'm literally going to blue tack Wales back onto <laughs> that's, England. That's true. Literally. I'm going to, there's going to be this huge amount of blue tack around about Bristol. Okay, that's a good idea. Bristol? That's where it connects. Oh, I see. So you want to pull it back down and yes. try and hit it back on. I mean, it, I was going to say it's still quite connected to England along the, uh, no, no, the easterly no, region. No, I'm worried it's splitting off. So I'm going to get, oh, okay. I'm going to fill the whole of Bristol Channel with blue tack. That's a good idea. In, improve Western Supermare no end. Yes, can only get better for the more blue tack you add to that ghastly Western Supermare is the worst place on earth. Well, it's got, it doesn't have a good sounding name. It doesn't, does it? Is there Eastern Supermare? No. Why not? Because I have it floated off into the sea. Oh, yeah. maybe that was I'm a good... I'm picking that up entirely. Maybe... Uh, but I'm going to quickly tell a story about Western Supermare and then we can be done. We're, we're okay. well over time. Okay. Um, uh, I went there recently. There's a place on, in Western Supermare that I only know as Scooby, Scooby-Doo Island. Mm-hmm. I can't remember what it's really called. Um, it's an island. It's very exciting. It's an island off uh, pier, mm-hmm. off the coast, that you can walk to on two or three occasions a year. Because mm-hmm. just on two or three occasions a year, the tide goes out enough that a path appears. Which sounds like it should be something magic. And then you, you clamber down this cliff... And walk across this path. Oh, there's something like that in Penzance, except you can oh, yeah. do it twice a day. So it's not, uh, it's not quite the same. Yeah. Three times a year. Um, and you get onto this island, and it's it's abandoned. Uh, it's an abandoned pier. There's like uh, I think there's a Dodgems called. There's a, a big a big dancing hall with beautiful kind mm. of uh, 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 urban decay. It's just absolutely spectacular. So it's completely abandoned, just decayed, apart and nothing. From, and no one's fixed it or touched it since uh, the seventies. Uh, 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 apart from, apart from the uh, lifeboat, the station. cost of coffee. Oh, I see. It was a joke. Mm. It's the Starbucks. Starbucks. There's actually a lifeboat station on there, which is the one thing that's still maintained. Mm. And the pier that runs out to it is completely shut off and falling to pieces. But they've got a reinforced pathway for the lifeboat mm. gentlemen and ladies to use. Uh, however, we got halfway across on the way to the island, and then a mad, officious, loony man sort of shouting us through a megaphone, telling mm. us that the island was dangerous. Right. We can't go there because people have drowned. So we had to stand on a pathway in the middle of the sea that was in three hours going to be submerged by 20 feet of salt water. Rather than on the, rather than on the big raised of... solid island where we might drown. <laughs> right. So I never got to go and see Scooby-Doo Island. I'm very upset. And that's why I hate Western Supermare. And why you think 
that artists should be allowed to call themselves That's artists. right, they should clearly not, and why Britain is broken, because of uh, these politically correct council men on islands stopping you from going into dangerous derelict buildings. You see, he, he felt good about doing that. He's yes. a selfish man. Selfish man. He's a very bad man. Should we stop now? We're very selfish for doing this podcast. I just like listening to the sound of my own voice. I know. That's what someone told me. Good. I really don't, though. You do. You make me listen to these. I don't really listen to them otherwise. I know. Ta-ta. Bye-bye.